Hi, this is Frank Muller, and this is Is It Right or Is It Easy? You can access us on our website, right-or-easy.com, or subscribe to our podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, and iTunes. Today's missive is entitled Albert Speer and His Battle with Truth. It is a book written by Gita Sarine, and it is one of the most fascinating World War II books I have ever read, though it is probably fair, more accurately to say that it's a Nazi-era book, because it certainly predates World War II. I have ever read in terms of just being dense and in thoroughly documented, and it revolves around the account of Albert Speer, who rose to become the second most powerful man in the Reich. The intertwine of these two men, Albert Speer and Adolf Hitler, is a fascinating and ultimately chilling view as to how Evil can creep into the lives of people. Albert Speer was an architect uh, who caught the eye of Adolf Hitler, who had dreams of constructing a Reich in terms of architecture that would embody the Nazi views of Germanic supremacy, efficiency, engineering, and power. These two dreaming souls found in one another a kindred spirit to take this romanticized view of their world and attempt to transform it into a living temple or idol of this new religion. Speer's brilliance in construction design, labor and materials management, ability to handle extraordinarily complex project management, singled him out very quickly amongst the Nazi elite for his ability to continue the war-making machine despite devastating losses of material in the field and allied bombing of the manufacturing arm of the Reich. Make no mistake, Speer and the leaders of the Nazi regime adored Adolf Hitler and believed steadfastly in his view of the wrongs committed by other nations and peoples to the German people. These people saw a man in Adolf Hitler who could mesmerize them with his own ability to recall information, remember names, fawn over children, process deeply complicated material, and seem to have an almost intuitive feel for what needed to be done next. Upon the collapse of the German Reich, 21 men were brought before the Nuremberg Warheims trial and prosecuted for crimes against humanity. It was in this trial that the people around the world finally had a chance to meet and to hear from those closest to Adolf Hitler. Though most of that cast of characters, I would say it's fair to say, met expectations, the sole exception 
was this highly educated, dapper and almost dazzling Albert Speer, who somehow managed to convince not just the judges, but most court observers that he never knew of the final solution to the Jewish problem, nor participated in it. His incredible recall of dates and locations and timing allowed him to weave a narrative of an architect turned minister of armaments for the Reich that believed in the Nazi cause, but that the final solution was a closely held secret of just a few Nazi leaders and their minions, certainly not him. This intellect and soft-spoken charm allowed him to survive the gallows and to spend the next 20 years of his life in Spandau prison. He came out of Spandau in many ways a German hero and a celebrity, and most believed his denials of knowledge and his complicity in those crimes. Well, the truth has a way of working its way out. That fateful day came when an investigative reporter discovered the infamous transcript of the Posen meeting where Heinrich Himmler delivered to the German elites, including Albert Speer, the plan for the final solution to the Jewish problem. In 1971, Albert Speer's world changed, and he began a process in the remaining five years of his life of working to try to reverse that evidence and to return to his status as a German hero and celebrity. In that process, he agreed to five years of interviews with Dita Sereni, who painstakingly had gone through the German records and confronted this brilliant man with the questions and the facts that needed to be answered. In many ways, his performance in these interviews continues in an almost masterful way about handling these, but inevitably the truth overwhelms. Though this narrative is told about grand characters whose lives are etched into history, this book also, at least in my view, painfully shows how good and talented people can succumb to the comfortable lie of victimhood, how charismatic leaders can use their presence to work people towards evil whilst believing passionately that they are doing the good. So often we hear people ask, how could they have believed that? Substitute Germans for they, substitute Democrats for certain policies or Republicans for other parties. It doesn't matter. It's, it's this incredulous notion I think the better question is to examine ourselves and ask why we believe 
what we believe. So often when we do so, facts seem to get in the way of our comfortable half-truths and revealing for us what we do not want to believe. Instead of confronting the uncomfortable facts, many people simply choose to look the other way, stick our head in the sand, or rationalize about them, the others, and ignoring the we and the I. I recommend this book not just for its factual and inside portrayal of the Nazi regime, both good and bad, but also the intricate interplay of everyone's battle with truth, both from our own perception of what really happened within that country and what the facts are from those who were there and in charge. It's quite interesting. Lastly, examine those beliefs that we hold and why and subject them to facts and the truth. Strive for it forever. May peace be with us all.